It has been a challenging job being in charge of players out, police situations, disagreements, running the account, responding to those who have questions, etc. So if anyone would like to take over or feels they could do a better job, let me know. <laughs> oh, I love it. Just a heads up, it. it's not as easy as it looks. Uh, this guy's going to be a great middle manager oh, someday. Oh, absolutely. He absolutely will be. Already set Getting for the great experience. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. Stick it to him! Bullseye. 812 on Wisconsin's Morning News this Tuesday morning. I admit I plan my life to some degree around an announcement that is scheduled for Thursday evening. That being the NFL schedule. And I'm a little bit of a dork that way, but I think a lot of Packers fans share this with me. I'm not saying I wouldn't go to, you know, a family event that you planned, Eric, <laughs> where I was invited because I can't. i got to stay home for the Packers game. I'm not that guy. Can't go to the wedding. Right. Can't go to the wedding. We're not coming. Packers play. I'm not that guy. But I like to know. Sure. And I would plan a major event in my life around a scheduled Packers game. Hey, we're trying to think of when to get the family together for a birthday party or an anniversary event, or even when I was in the nonprofit sector, we're planning our big gala or our run walk. Should we do it so that it coincides exactly with a noon kickoff on a Sunday? No, terrible. It'll hurt attendance Mm -hmm. if your team's doing well. The NFL is set to release its schedule on Thursday night for the upcoming season. Of course, for us, that's when do the Packers play. And I think a lot of us are probably like that. I put it into my phone right away, so it comes up as a calendar remind. And... Again, I wouldn't skip major life events to watch a Packers game live, but I would plan things and do plan things around that. And so do many businesses. So do many other entities that are affected by when do the Packers play? Because in Wisconsin, it's a big deal. It moves markets. And one of the things that the NFL is considering could really screw that up, even more than it already is to some degree. You've heard of the flex scheduling. And what that allows the broadcast networks to do, or in this case, streaming networks, because Amazon is on board now, streaming some of the games, allows them to say, look, this is the marquee matchup of this week, or these are the good matchups of this week. Why is that one at noon on a Sunday when it's likely to get fewer viewers? We might get more people across the country involved in watching this game if it were airing in one of our primetime slots. Monday night football, Sunday night football, moving a noon start to a 325 start, Mm -hmm. or now what the NFL is proposing, moving a possible Sunday start to Thursday night (laughs) on short notice. From the Green Bay Press-Gazette, Richard Ryman is the reporter. The NFL is poised to make life for Green Bay Packers fans unpleasant, confusing, and expensive. League owners in May will consider a proposal to allow games late in the season to be rescheduled from Sundays to Thursdays to shore up the Thursday night football lineup to be streamed on Amazon, which paid $1 billion for the rights to the games. No one, he writes, outside the NFL office and Amazon boardrooms think this is a good idea. Players hate it, coaches hate it, and game-attending fans will learn to hate it with a passion. And I think he's absolutely right. But what about the casual viewer that wants to see a sexy Thursday night matchup? That's fine. I mean, okay. Are you really making a lot of NFL viewership decisions for a Thursday night based on the matchup? Maybe. If it's a big marquee, 
and you're like, ooh, this team and this team, or a battle between two teams for a division or whatever, sure, a sexier matchup might draw some more people to that Thursday night viewership. But the the negative impacts to all of the other fans who are attending games, to all the tangential businesses that are affected by the decision, to the teams themselves, many of whom are saying, we don't want this, Mark Mark Murphy, president and CEO of the Packers, among them, here's his quote in the Green Bay Press-Gazette. I think particularly with our fan base and the way people travel to Lambeau Field, flexing that Thursday night game could be a real issue for our fans. We're against that. But I know it's a priority for the league. The future is streaming. They want Amazon to be successful. But I think we have to be careful about how we treat our fans in the stands. Can you imagine you're a Packers fan? You live in California. You see there's a big game on a Sunday. You schedule a trip where you're coming in Saturday. You're leaving Monday morning. And then they bounce the game to Thursday. Yeah. You know, Mark Tauscher joins us at uh, 10 to 8 every day on Wisconsin's Morning News. He was talking about it from a fan perspective of, do we play in Vegas this year? Uh, maybe. So let, let's take that for an example. That was his example. What, first of all, Vegas is a very Wisconsin destination already, Absolutely, right? Absolutely, right. So we normally don't even need an excuse to go there. You throw a Packers game down there, that's going to be a huge, I mean, it's borderline home game. Right, It will be. So, so many people would travel to that game. Right. Like to Tausch's point, okay, let's say that was a Sunday 325 game. You plan to get in Friday, spend some time there, yeah. or even Saturday, stay the weekend, you're out Monday morning. Well, now they change that to Thursday, two weeks ahead of it. They're talking about a window that is close as 15 days out. They could change a Sunday game to a Thursday game. So now what do you do? You've got two weeks to try and change a flight. The airline may or may not cooperate with you on that. You've got to change hotels. You've got to get different time off at work. It blows the whole thing up. It does seem to alienate the fan base to a certain extent because you think about, we've talked about this, about why they have the sirens and the lights flashing and all these different things to continue to increase the engagement to make sure that you're constantly giving something to the younger generation of viewers and those interested in football just to, because not everyone consumes the game the same way, right? And they've, been, they've had this issue in some stadiums more than others. Lambeau is kind of an outlier where it's always full and people love it and all that. If you start doing this, are you cutting into that already loyal base that is willing to be there to go to the games when you're always constantly making sure or wanting to make sure your stadium is full? And we've we've had life without fans in the stands. It's not fun Sucks. on TV. <laughs> Even watching a game on TV where you're like, well, what's the difference? I'm still watching. It felt different. It wasn't as much fun. There wasn't the pageantry. There wasn't the energy that fans provide. I love all the crowd shots, seeing these clowns all costumed up for games and stuff like right. that. I like seeing the tailgate then, pictures. Yeah. It's mean, all part of it. That's a tiny piece, but okay, but I'll yes, give you that. But yes, it's part of like- it. The NFL is a show. It's a show for my entertainment, and that all of those things fit into the entertainment piece for me as a fan. So even watching at home, I don't want to see stadiums that are that have empty seats. I want them all full, full of crazy fans going nuts. But we talk all the time about how there's a lot of fans who want more football, want it on more nights, want to see good games, complain when it's you know the Lions sure. versus. Why am I looking at this? The Rams. Yeah, night. this sucks. That's it's, a clunker. Yeah. Okay, this makes that better. I guess we appreciate that the Thursday night game is what it is. Look, we have football for your enjoyment tonight. If that's good enough for you, great. <laughs> and Amazon, maybe, you know, that 
maybe that weighs into how much you're willing to bid for it. It just seems to me like the league office has made a decision that's good for the league or good for the NFL front office. It's good for Amazon. It doesn't feel like it's good for virtually anybody else. Bullseye. But, but for the casual fan, right, who watches at home. And there are a ton of ripple effects that I mentioned as well. The NFL is a show. It's put on by a lot of people. And what about staffing up at the stadium? On two weeks' notice, your work staff that puts on that event for fans, moving them yeah. from a Sunday afternoon where they might have off from their day job and they work Sundays at the game, now they have to change that. I'm a volunteer because uh, they open up the concessions like they do at American Family Field, like they do at Fiserv, to nonprofit groups. So we've done that with my high school. I've been up there. You tell me I'm booked for a Sunday noon game. That's great. Fine. In fact, we ran into it. I was supposed to work the last game of the year for our organization that was raising money. And that last game of the year was flexed from, I think it was supposed to be a noon start to the 725 start, and I was out. I'm like, I can't make this. I can't make this game. So what about all of those volunteers that have to change their schedule? And all of the other ripple effects as well. feels to me like the NFL is not making the right decision. Old National Bank talk and text line is 855-616-1620. Old National Bank, get old. 855-616-1620. We'd love to hear from fans about their thoughts on this decision, how it might affect you. I got this one text I'll read to start. It's a business. They can do what they want. They certainly can. But I'm not can saying you, they can't do it. Can you imagine buying tickets to a musical at the Marcus, and then two weeks beforehand yeah. they say, it's on Thursday now? Exactly. How would that go over? 820 on Wisconsin's Morning News. This is fake football. Eight twenty four on Wisconsin's Morning News. We're talking about the NFL at least considering allowing games to be flexed off of the Sunday schedule into a Thursday night game or, or vice versa. We haven't really talked about what if you're scheduled for that Thursday nighter. I mean, basically, NFL is saying, you know what, the last three, four weeks of the season, let's just not put anything in there. So the NFL is just leave it blank. this. They have not approved it yet. The Packers are voting against it or have voted against it. Just leave it blank. You may play sometime in this week. <laughs> Imagine getting tickets to uh, a movie ahead of time, and then they yeah. move the date to the movie time for We're you. We're going to go 110 at the Marcus Bistroplex there in Greendale on Sunday. No, actually, you're. it's been moved to Friday night. <laughs> I can't go Friday night. From the 414, good morning, guys. Come on. You're old enough to realize it's never about the fans. You cannot be that naive to think that the fans matter more than the dollar. No, he's not wrong. He or she is not wrong. Uh, and by the way, that goes for everything not just sports i'd not say just 98 percent of any social argument that you hear about it has to do with money at the end of the day but anyway well i think it does but here's the thing we have the dollars now we're talking about tv money that's coming from amazon and the big networks and whatever but if fans if there's a slow degradation of the relationship that this league has with its fans and look it's not just for people that go to the games like i said you can plan your time out what if thursday nights are the night that you know, you normally do something, you move your schedule around so you can watch your game. Now your game's on Thursday night. I mean, it also affects the TV viewing fan. If pe- fans don't like it, ultimately it impacts their relationship with the league, the money they spend, their viewership of all these games. To, to that point, though, I'm the first to admit that I don't go to that many football games anymore. 
that if they pop on a more interesting game on a Thursday night, I'm more inclined to watch it, right? Wouldn't most wouldn't that be the case? Wouldn't the numbers indicate that if there are more viewers watching Amazon on Thursday because the game is sexier, then this plan is working. I think just the downside for those fans who also spend money in other ways on gear, on going into the pro shop, and also the maintenance of relationships that each team has in its own communities with its neighboring businesses. I mean, the article that I was talking about in the Green Bay Press-Gazette uh, features, and it was really in-depth about the other ripple effects. I talked about it for me as a volunteer worker up at the stadium. Obviously, the Packers and the number of people they employ. What about the bars and restaurants? When and how they schedule people out to be around the stadium. They also talk about what about major events that are scheduled nearby. What about things at the Rush Center? When the Green Bay Phoenix play basketball there. Uh. What about a concert that you have scheduled for Thursday night that now, what, you're going to have a concert the same night as a Packers game? That's a smaller market. Would it even be able to sustain that? Where would people park? How would they do it? Even the airport is mentioned here as saying, right? yeah, people will kind of trickle in on different times and days before a game, but everybody wants to fly out at the same time. Can Austin Straubel Airport even handle that? What about people who are trying to change their airline tickets? I, I think it does have the potential to, to bother enough fans to the extent that, would they stop watching the NFL? No. But, they would, a, but they'd stop buying tickets. That they'd would stop be buying the, tickets. Yes, that would be the thing. And also, maybe you just become a little bit less worried about it. I don't know when these guys play. I'm not going to plan my life around it anymore. I'm not going to make it appointment viewing. I'll look. If I miss a game, I miss a game. Oh, well. See, I I, I think you're over-dramatizing I'm awfulizing? It I, for people buying tickets, absolutely. But I think that's the only ones it really affects, not the person who casually canceled his Cub Scout den meeting that night and now has to have his den meeting on another night because that's of That's a real thing. Oh, come on. Come on. Uh, Vince, <laughs> this flex schedule seems like a very heavy-handed play by Amazon. It's not good for anyone else. When a league, organization, team, etc. starts making decisions based on the needs of a sponsor combined with the casual fan, this alienates the hardcore fan. It then creates a negative ripple effect that diminishes the overall experience. This is an ultimate in hypocrisy, given that Amazon's number one reason why they're able to succeed as much as they have is because their main focus has been on the user-customer experience. This is a line in the sand moment. See, and I don't, I, I totally agree with that. And I don't think this is going to bring down the NFL next year if they were to do it. All of a sudden, viewership plummets, all these fans are angry, and it destroys the NFL. But there can be a degradation, a degradation in the relationship that teams have with their fans. And it sometimes doesn't take that long. Look at what happened with Budweiser, apples and oranges kind of thing. But people spoke immediately with their wallets about a brand to which they had been fiercely loyal. That's about what they like to drink. And they said, I'm not drinking this anymore because you bothered me. But fans are still watching TV shows that Bud Light may sponsor. Sure. Fair enough. From 414, concerts also get moved and you don't hear too much feedback. Ask Atlanta fans about Janet Jackson or an artist pushing a show to a day later due to an illness. Yeah, and they don't like that, but that's a one-time... Who's the guy you hate, Sean Mendez? Is that the one? (laughs) I don't hate him. He just... (laughs) How many times did he cancel his show because he... Can't be out there. Whatever. Um, That's no, a concert is a once in a once in a lifetime or every now and then sort of thing. And they don't move it three days apart. They cancel it and then reschedule for right. months later. And still, people complain it about sucks. it. But they, still sucks, but they accept that as part of that industry. It's not something that's planned week in and week out where you can't rely on what is the schedule. I mean, really, we would be looking at to to be reasonable here. The last several weeks of the NFL schedule, just leave it blank. Then, right? 
if anybody could be moved or flexed, just what are they just going to be blank blank squares? Yeah, I don't like it. Eight thirty six on Wisconsin's morning news. Want to get to this once again because I know folks join us through the morning. Eric had it in the news at the top of the hour. We talked about it at seven twenty as well. Some new information due out later today about another permanent gallery at the future Milwaukee Public Museum. There's an announcement set for nine thirty this morning. However, I've learned some details that I can share with you ahead of that already. This one being the biggest. I posted this as sort of my headline when I shared the story on social media. In this new gallery, the snake button carries over. There will definitely be a snake button, and we're thinking at least one of them are located here. The snake button will be featured in the space called Living in a Dynamic World. This Thank is the, fourth, the Lord. Yes, of five permanent galleries to be unveiled as the museum is looking to open its new building in 2026. Yeah, we kind of... It's almost exasperating because there were a number of things that drove people nuts when there was like, okay, the museum's building a new building. And it was, you know, we were led, we were first told like, hey, just so you know, we're not taking everything out bolt by bolt and putting it in the new building. <laughs> which is a good thing. Yes. Which is a good thing. And then everyone started the what ifs. Well, what about and what if, what ifs and what abouts? What about the streets of old Milwaukee? What about the dinosaurs? What about this thing that I love, that thing that I love? And the snake button is one of those things that we all know and love, if you know about it. I'm surprised. Every now and then I run into somebody who doesn't know about the snake doesn't button. Doesn't know that it exists? Doesn't know to press the button? You remember when your kids were younger and they, they went over to the snake button? Did you show them or did they show you? Mm, that is a good question. I think they just saw the line of people waiting. To hey, something's going on over here. <laughs> <laughs> the little snake button that's hidden by the buffalo exhibit. You have the native peoples to hunting the buffalo. And there's that little button that's kind of hidden there. It's supposed to be sort of hidden. Okay. And you push the button and then the rattlesnake goes. It's good. From time to time, it would be out of order, and you'd be like, oh, my God, <laughs> I don't even know why I came here. So it's a big deal, right? It's one of those little pieces of nostalgia that people were hoping would carry into the new space, and in fact, it will. Again, the new gallery will be called Living in a Dynamic World. MPM has been uh, usually a few weeks apart doing one of these reveals where they offer video and sketches and descriptions of the new galleries. It's a brilliant strategy, by the way. Yeah, because we've talked about it every mm -hmm. time. It gets it in the news. Helps with fundraising, I'm sure. And as I mentioned, this gallery will be four of the five to be revealed. Just as we've taken you on a tour around Wisconsin, we've taken you on a tour around Milwaukee, we've taken you back in time. Now we want to take you on a world tour. That's Helen Diviank. She's from Think Design. That's the company creating the galleries and exhibits in the new museum. And you'll hear more as well from Think Design's Aronde Wright in a moment. Not everybody has this yet. Information was shared with me, Eric, ahead of the news conference and full reveal coming up at 930 this morning. If you want to see what we have, even look at some of the sketches of this new space. Text the word museum to the Old National Bank talk and text line 855-616-1620. Old National Bank, get old. 855-616-1620. Text the word museum and we will send the link to our online story out to you. I have that on my social media as well. So. Uh, again, the news conference at 9.30 this morning. What else can I tell you at this point? You got the snake button. Okay. 
<laughs> this is uh, this is really kind of cool part of the museum. It's going to be like a little bit geography, a little bit geology, and a little bit of sociology, sort of okay. all coming together in these immersive experiences. In this world tour, we're looking at a diversity of landscapes, from the Arctic landscapes to deserts to grasslands, and looking at who lives there, what lives there, and how do these landscapes impact how life is lived there, from habits to habitats. So yeah, she mentioned what, Arctic islands, grasslands, mountains and deserts and when you're in the desert area that's where among other things you do find the snake button um but a a number of other things and then you learn about people who lived in desert landscapes what is their culture how did the weather and the climate affect that culture what things were important to the people there because of that also they'll have if you're in the desert area a permanent exhibit on ancient egypt really want to focus on ancient burial practices and the ancient Egyptian understanding of uh, the afterlife, you know, being able to look at the the mummies and the sarcophagi and really give the context about, you know, why did that practice come into play? How did the environment lead people to preserve their loved ones in this state? And then along with that, this is the area of the museum that's also going to include two exhibit spaces that are flexible. And one of them is three stories high with display space where they can rotate out items from the museum's vast collection of artifacts. I asked you already, so you can't play, but I'll ask you at home for a moment. How many how many artifacts do you think the museum has in its collection? I promise you're short if you weren't listening earlier. It's four million. How many have we seen? Like... A fraction of that, right? If that. Yeah, part of it is because they just don't have the space. Now, Mm -hmm. some of them are small, like an arrowhead is an artifact. Also, like giant skeleton Mm -hmm. of dinosaur, that's an artifact as well. So it ranges from all different things, and these will now be able to be better displayed. It would be a range of large ancient fossils to uh, cultural items to gorgeous precious gems that really give you a sense of the diversity and variety that that's held within the 4 million plus objects held at the museum. I mean, I don't know about you, based on what I've seen so far, how they've continued to roll us out, the thoughtful nature with which all of these galleries and exhibits are being designed, how they've incorporated everything into that thought process. I'm super impressed. Yeah, I like the transparency on just how this is ever designed and thought about. I've never actually processed that before. I've never really thought about how a museum does anything, right? right. Just build so, the diorama. Yeah, yeah. Right, I built a diorama before, put so some here, animals in yeah. there and be done with it. You hear the explanation <laughs> that does give it a little bit more context. And they have one more, right, that they still need to unveil. Yes, we're at four of five. The next big reveal is coming up later this month. That's for the Rainforest Gallery. So then we need something else, though. Like what? After that, that's later this month, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, still so we got we got then a few you wait years. Till 2026 no, and then... <laughs> they got they have to have some. <laughs> what you else know, do gotta, you want to know? Got to hear about it again later, right? Like, will it will we follow the like the slow build? Will they will we be able to go see them dig the hole? Like, you oh know, they, sure, they got to stay mean, in the news, right? There will be building progress and all of those things. I just don't know about how much more information there the is. The garage out there. sale like, for some of the millions of artifacts they're selling, tearing stuff off the wall. How much can we get for this? <laughs> that would be awesome. It's like County Stadium where they just have stuff. All the chairs, right? That went on sale. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there will be other things that they can tell us. I don't know that they're going to hold a news conference when they decide what color the paint's going to be. 
That would be great. Today, the reveal on the upholstery in the cafeteria. Tile for the bathrooms. (laughs) I think we're doing that. The next big reveal, like I said, that's going to be for the rainforests. And if you're wondering about the butterflies, yes, that's where they are going to end up. There will be a butterfly exhibit similar to the one that we have, and that's going to be in the next big reveal coming up later this month. Again, if you want to have a look for yourself, 855-616-1620. Text the word museum. We'll send you the sketches that we've posted on our website. I mean, bottom line is this is all about making the museum new and fresh and exciting while also preserving that which we love. As always, we are looking at ways to bring what is nostalgic and what's powerful and what people remember to the future museum. But we'll also say there's always going to be some surprises. And also the snake button. There will definitely be a snake button. on Wisconsin's morning news. So, the story out of Waukesha where a guy who's, in fairness, kids seemed a little bit old to be playing Ding Dong Ditch, but they were playing Ding Dong Ditch (laughs) and this guy snatches somebody. Here's the thing. If you ever, uh, I'm just giving you some advice here. If anyone ever pranks your house, Ding Dong Ditches you, what you should not do is take the child. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just, you know, you want to call the cops or get frustrated by a scream at him, fine. Just don't take the child. Was this like citizen's arrest? <laughs> Come in here, young man. 62-year-old man arrested for putting a teenage boy in his car after becoming upset over a group of kids playing a prank. Yes, they were ding-dong ditching on Friday in Waukesha. 12- and 13-year-old boys, four of them were doing this in a neighborhood. Guy got a little annoyed by it. Got frustrated by it. He threatened the kids and placed one of them in his vehicle to take him to the police or to his parents. Now, he ultimately ended up at a woodsman's where the boy was reunited with his parents. So I don't know. I don't know how they got that part. I haven't learned yet is how he ended up at woodman's. If that's where they decided to drop to meet for the drop off. What was there a ransom demand? I don't know if he said text your parents right now. Maybe maybe it was one of those kind of things. Um, and this is according to come, Jim Freeman. Come pick you up at the Woodman's. I've had enough of this. <laughs> so he was taken into custody. He was arrested. Police are going to recommend charges of disorderly conduct, intimidation yeah, of a that. victim, and all that stuff. My favorite is Captain Dan Bauman, who I'm a big fan of Captain Bauman. He, Waukesha PD. Yeah, yep, yep. He says in a statement, as innocent as this may be, childhood pranks can get out of hand and escalate rapidly. Okay. Yeah. Which is That's true. fair. Like, yeah, yeah. You know what? Like, yeah, you think it's innocent, and it is for the most part, but still, it can, it can, it's not everyone's favorite thing, obviously, and it can get very annoying very quickly, obviously. And it's, 19, it's not 1980 yeah, it's anymore. Correct. Right? When we were kids. He also says this, Captain Bauman, equally, if not more important... Adults, please take a second and think the desirability of what you are about to do. (laughs) So, yeah, take a beat before you decide to take the child and put him in your vehicle and then drive somewhere with him. This was an avoidable incident, says the captain. And they didn't know each other, huh? They did not know each other. So it's one thing to take the neighborhood kid that you know and you know the parents and you're whatever. Hey, Jimmy, get in the car. I'm taking you home or whatever. Yeah. 
maybe that can be sorted out amongst parents who are friends or you or me if we lived on the same block and my kid was being obnoxious. Hey, right. get in the car. You're going home. I'm taking you home to your parents. I called your dad. He's mad. He'll be waiting for you. I guess you can justify that. Yeah. <laughs> you can't just snatch a kid for playing ding-dong right. ditch. The paranoia game is still running full-fledged in Greendale. We talked about that. When was that? Friday? We shared with everyone listening. And I've, Man, this lasts a long time. Oh, it's only second roundy. <laughs> <laughs> the brackets are out Oh, again. okay. All right. We were talking about this game. A lot of folks I've seen over the weekend since we talked about it Friday say, oh, yeah, it's going on in our community. Some places use squirt guns. Some use Nerf guns. But high school seniors, it's a big contest between teams that divide up amongst friend groups. One team trying to take out another team. Some of them have various rounds of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that it's mostly good. I love what it does for the young people. They're They're hanging out with each other. My daughter told me, like, People that we don't normally hang out with, we were hanging out. Like, we had an encounter. These guys got out. These guys are still in, whatever. But then we hung out. They're people we know, but we don't talk. And it, it, it was good for school excitement, school sure. spirit, yeah. all of that stuff. Good memories before graduating. We did cite that a number of area police departments have expressed concern about it because there have been police calls, and that's a very serious thing. Like I said, it's not 1980 anymore, so police get freaked out when they get a call from some person who said there's kids running around my neighborhood talking about shooting each other and some of them don't have clothes on <laughs> nudity is a part of some of the games <laughs> you saying. can't get out in the game called paranoia if you're naked now some teams do that or some schools do that and some don't fortunately that part of the equation has not entered my household Bullseye! <laughs> but one other thing that impresses me about this is i now i'm following as a spectator and a little bit of a fan of the paranoia game going <laughs> a on in Greenville. A little bit of a fan. A little bit okay. of a fan. Is the intricacy with which this game has been devised and is currently being officiated. There's basically one paranoia czar. And from what I can tell, that's Kaysen. So Kaysen is in charge. All right. And Kaysen is the czar. Like, he basically sets the rules. And he gets to determine when people report this guy. Eric's out. I got him. And you're supposed to take pictures and all this stuff. But what's funny is... There have been a number of posts, so the kids post pictures of each other and things like that. Sure. But then when there are rules updates, then it's just a black background on Instagram with white text. So it's sort of like, ooh, this is official. It's coming out the got to read this, yeah. That's right. So there have been various rule updates. One clarification was you can't open someone's car door and, like, basically drag them out of the car. <laughs> oh. Oh. Okay. All right. All right. Also, you can't open someone's door to their home. They can let you in. A sibling could let you they in. You can be invited. But you can't, like, break into people's houses. Parking lots are also off limits, including, quote, religious stuff. <laughs> in other words, if you go to you church be or temple or what. Right. Can't be, can't be waiting on Sunday for <laughs> churchgoers. But then the other part that was funny to me is I think as anyone who's in charge of anything, young, old, or otherwise, you start to get frustrated with people who aren't helping you. And this post just, it kind of got me. Just wanted to remind all players that this is meant to be a fun game. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like something we could have here at work, right? Oh, absolutely. Just wanted to remind everyone this was supposed to be fun. We apologize if any decisions made have upset players in any way, but these situations, it is difficult to please all teams and players. He goes on to talk about a number of issues with rules violations and how he's going to be the one that just, listen, I got to make a call on this, and that's just going to have to stand. If you don't like it, you can quit. I love this line. 
It has been a challenging job being in charge of players out, police situations, disagreements, running the account, responding to those who have questions, etc. So if anyone would like to take over or feels they could do a better job, let me know. <laughs> oh, I love it. Just a heads up, it. it's not as easy as it looks. Uh, this guy's going to be a great middle manager Oh, someday. absolutely. He absolutely will be. Already set Getting for the great experience. World. See, thanks to Paranoia. 855 on Wisconsin's Morning News. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee from the Annex Wealth Management Studios. This is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. Been an ugly day on the freeways. Got bad late in the morning commute, but it does look, based on the tower cams that I'm seeing, that that fog is starting to lift. Dense fog advisory does go until 10 o'clock this morning for our Lakeshore counties. They added Waukesha a little bit later this morning, and then Fond du Lac is in there as well. So there have been some spots where it's been really hard to see, and we'll get you a traffic update here at the top of the hour from Debbie Lazica. Wisconsin's Morning News, we got uh, Joe Zapecki is in for Steve. He is coming up next on WTMJ.